Welcome to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, with your host, Vanessa. On this podcast, we talk about who your coach is when the name tag comes off. What makes this coach tick? How did they get started? And what kept them going? What coach inspired them? Do they have any passions outside of coaching? And most importantly, what do they want their legacy to be? Tune in to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. And today, y'all, we have Miss Anna. Welcome, Anna, from Woodbury, Minnesota. Hey, Vanessa, what's up? <laughs> Is my Texas coming out? I felt like saying Woodbury was like a little bit of a draw in there. <laughs> can't hide yeah, it. Can't, I mean, you can call it. Woodhood, <laughs> got all the cool names. Yeah, we got that, but I can't take the Texas draw out of my uh, accent. I don't think I have that much of an accent, but um, Anna, what are you listening to these days? What kind of music are you jamming to? Oh, man, I'm at heart, I am an R&B and rap kind of gal. Yes! So it's it's, it's kind of hard to just, like, pick, like, one, um, but Maroon 5 has always been <laughs> my go-to, like, this is what I need to listen to in a long car drive, oh. or if my kids are in the car and mama needs something to listen to, I gotta listen to Maroon 5. I mean, Adam is, like, one of my many husbands that doesn't know he's my husband, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I I will agree with you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely R&B, chopped and screwed, give me all of the Drake, like, I just, I love it, I just, I love the, like, slow jams for heavy days, people don't get it, but I'll be, like, listening to her, or, like, Miguel, or something, and it's just, just makes all the Uh, difference. Yeah. So I saw that you completed Murph uh, this past Monday, which was just yesterday, and I'm, we were both just talking about how sore we were feeling. Uh, we did it here with uh, the Team Rim as well, and I just want to take a moment to acknowledge those that have made the ultimate sacrifice and pay tribute to their lives. Memorial Day is definitely a good reminder just to not take our lives for granted and just be appreciative of the freedoms that are indefinitely not free. Um, so when we're going through those workouts, I always give our athletes kind of that suggestion. Think about someone that you contribute the workout to who or what do you think of? I know it's not an easy one, so where does your mind go? Man, uh, yeah, that is not an easy one. Um, honestly, I don't have anyone specific in my family that has made that ultimate sacrifice, but I, all in all, I, I'm such an empathetic person that, you know, I think about what they have may have gone through whether it's mental health or um the tribute to our freedom and having that sacrifice i when my head where it goes when i do the murph is you know i can't i can't just make this an easy workout Mm -hmm. like i have to i have to finish it i have to um pay that tribute as well because i wouldn't 
never be who I am or what I'm able to do in my life um, unless if someone was there to make that ultimate sacrifice. So yes. I gotta, I gotta like get into that dark place and mm-hmm. just push it through. And even though those push-ups are super daunting, so hard, yeah. I, I will, I will do anything I can to finish that workout. Yes. So, if anybody doesn't yes. know the workout, it's one mile at the top, uh, one mile at the bottom. And in between, it's 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats. And typically, it is a uh, 20-pound weighted vest. Um, and it's, it's just a really meaningful workout where I definitely think about my, my brother, who is a Marine. He did not pass away. He is still alive, thank God. But um, he just you know he dedicated quite a bit of his life to the marines and you know you always say once once a marine always a marine but i just think about the fact that so many of our military men and women our first responders they just wake up and they just dedicate their literal lives to us to keep us safe and healthy um and all I'm doing is having a vest on in an air-conditioned gym. Like, it eventually it yeah. ends. And so that's kind of typically what I think about is, like, hey, if I can give them an hour of my life or, or 90 minutes of my life just to pay tribute and I'm going to be fine afterwards, a little bit of suffering is, the, is, like, the least I can do to just remember them, support them, appreciate them. You know what I mean? So I love that yeah. every year. Yeah, it's huge tribute, and I, I love that workout. It, it, and it's, you know what, people have fun, and and we also take that moment to, to reflect and look at what we have in front of us and be grateful for it, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, so speaking of kind of meaningful things, I noticed there was a quote in your Instagram page that says, show your energy and be persistent. What does that mean to you? Man, um, I, I always like to keep things short and sweet and to the point. And when I put that uh, meaning on Instagram or just I really wanted to showcase like who I am and what brings me to life. So to my audience, but I am if people know who I am or have talked to me, I am a very energetic person and being able to show that to others and bring that to light is something I will always reveal about myself. Um, being, persi- being persistent, I have always taken that into my life and my lifetime as a individual is that if you really want something, you need to go after it. And the being persistent is you got to put the effort in and if you want it, go for it. I like that. I like that a lot. I think show your energy, be persistent, and be consistent. I mean, it's just we get we get such an honor to be present in, in all of our members' lives and really our coworkers' lives, right? Like it's being mindful yeah. of the energy that you bring to the table is so uh, crucial because, you know, if you're into science – energy cannot be created nor destroyed so there has to be an energy transfer and if you ever have had that feeling of man the energy in this room is just thick you could like cut it with a knife like you understand 
that people are energy beings, right? So like you really can impact someone else's feelings, thoughts, emotions just by the presence of your body. You don't even have to say anything and it could be very energy invoking. So I really, yeah. really love that. I, I hadn't read that before and I saw that and I was like, wow, I really love that. Um, so speaking of an impact, what do you hope your three kids will learn from you as they grow older? Oh, my three little babies. Um, yeah, you so want to shout I them know. out? I want to hear their names. Oh, oh, my gosh. My three kids. I have a seven-year-old. His name is Malcolm. <laughs> and I have a five-year-old. His name is Jaden. We also call him JT. And then we got little Miss Yaya, also <laughs> known as Aaliyah. And she is just a little spitfire. Super spicy, um, little three-year-old running around trying to keep up with her brothers. Um, but my three littles, I, they really do have an impact in me and my husband's life. And they have certainly brought so much energy and it, it does keep our lives busy, but I wouldn't want it any other way. So. In order, you know, as they grow older, I really want them to um, be kind to others and be respectful is probably the big lesson that me and my husband instill in them um, and learn how to survive, I guess. You know, it's, <laughs> it's tough raising, it's tough raising three kids, but it, and I don't think there's one handbook that really tells you what to teach your kids and um, but just be kind and respectful towards others and and be yourself, I think, is the most important thing that we teach our kids. I think that's so funny that people keep trying to write the handbook for raising children. And I just I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not a parent yet, but I definitely see, you know, what my sister has to go through with my two nieces and especially the wrench that all of the parents got thrown this year with um, having just to school their children at home and balance full-time jobs. I mean, it was like flying by the seat of your pants, um, you know? So it's just like my hat continuously goes off to parents juggling at all. I'm only a fur baby parent, so I just, I'm sure I don't get the depth yet, but I do just show a ton of just, that's, um, I'm, I'm in awe of a lot of parents balancing as much as you guys are. Um, now balancing all of that, how do you show up as your quote best self end quote to work to your partner or as a mother daily? Um, honestly, I, I, I always tell myself that you are the person that controls your mood and your attitude. So that's one big thing is, to show up for the best self is one, I got to make sure that I'm prioritizing my day and um, making sure that things are in order and I'm uh, ready to execute and provide the services that I need for my clients. Uh, but I, again, I show up as my best self as making sure that I'm the person that people want to see and that I want to be. And the person that I want to be is to make sure that there is a good mood and I am providing that energy and persistence that you're going to see daily. So that's how I bring my best self. And as like for my partner, you know, we got to, you got to have that communication. You got to have that 
the the person that you feel you can rely and trust and trust is a huge thing when it comes to showing up for your best self Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I couldn't agree more I feel like a lot of times um I don't know sometimes we like to come across as having it all together all the time and for me, I feel like showing up as my best self is showing up as my most honest and transparent self, like you were talking about. It's just being very communicative of where my head is at for the day and just being honest that we don't have it together every day, but I will show up with the best energy because like you said, you know, that's what you're in control of. That's That was an incredibly hard lesson to learn is let go of what you cannot control and be mindful of what you can and then just you know work on influencing what you can control um so it's tough it's super tough um exactly yeah how so how long have you been with lifetime oh man i i am coming up on my 10th year so i will be 10 years in september that's incredible so who who do you feel like has influenced you the most while you've been here or what what maybe is one of the most memorable moments that you've had in the last 10 years oh man um honestly the big man that was that's a big loaded one uh connections are a big thing with me i love building relationships with people in the club i i it's so it's so many of them right Mm -hmm. but when i build those relationships and connections that i feel is what i'm most influenced by Mm -hmm. and also what keeps me coming to work Mm -hmm. um and I, I don't think I would be in the position that I'm at uh, with Lifetime if I wasn't able to have those connections and relationships with my personal clients. Mm-hmm. And it, it does become like a deeper like level. Like I, I don't know if you experience this, but when you have your clients, sometimes you become really like lifelong friends with them or you become family almost. I've I have a client right now that I've trained for over five years and mm-hmm. I've also trained her daughters and her husband mm-hmm. and she now invites to her her parties every year for her birthday. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like building those is what, that's what influences me most at, at, as like a, being part of Lifetime and as like your Lifetime family. Mm-hmm. and. And on top of that, you have the greatest employees that you could ever wish for. Here at at Woodbury, I I love my employees. I love my coworkers. I mean, shoot, we get to work out together, and it's and it's basically a shit show sometimes. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, you can you can lift that weight a little bit more, Anna, or maybe you should go for a PR. Or I'm like, ah, oh. so it's like they're pulling your leg, but they're also supporting you and and making you better like oh yeah those, that's what that's what influences me the most is just the people that you're surrounded by on a daily basis like i mean again you're showing your best self right yes totally i yeah i love that because that immediately makes me think of one of my friends that i've had now for many years we used to work at gold's gym i actually hired him when i was a fitness manager over there And fast forward, him and his wife, 
her brother, his wife, and another friend of ours that was a client of mine, we all went to Thailand on this big trip, like, back in 2018, and we took two weeks, and we've been lifelong friends ever since, and we're planning our next trip to um, Scotland and Ireland together, so if that doesn't prove, like, you really do become, like, lifelong friends and travel buddies, and I've gone to weddings of, you know, clients and just been, like, just very deep connections, very meaningful connections. Um, and yeah, the influence of your coworkers. I mean, currently one of my best training partners is one of my coworkers. He's our best coach here, Mike. He pushes me daily to just be a better version of myself. And we've been going over to um, outside gyms that are outside of Lifetime just to see like other coaches and what they're doing well and you know what, what could we be doing better Um, But it's been fun to work out with him and work out at different places and just learn from different people just because I feel like all of the relationships in your life make you the richest person, right? Like they just, they should be bringing a lot of richness to your life. Um, That's huge. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you 100%. It, It truly is like you, yeah, what you're saying, like you feel like you're rich and you have this surrounding of people that comfort you in a sense that is just going to make you better right and the people that aren't necessarily supporting you in that you can easily weed them out mm-hmm. and it's it's not something you need in your life and mm-hmm. um you know you gotta you gotta be able to sense that too in a way like there's going to be people i mean we can talk about clients all day sure um but I can talk about a client of mine who is not feeling supported in their circle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's trying to better herself in her nutrition aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's um, she's making these food choices that are overall going to make her a healthy individual and help mm-hmm. her see the results that she wants to see. So when her family members or when people say, oh, you know, you can go ahead and eat that but oh why aren't you eating that and then when she does start start to create boundaries for herself Mm -hmm. those can be very challenging for for people to to exceed in the outcomes that they want to achieve right so i find that you know i find that very important to teach clients Mm -hmm. and not only for myself Mm -hmm. but just to teach clients and people that you know you have to you have to surround yourself with a supporting group that actually lifts you up and brings you to a place where you know you can succeed. Yeah, I I 1000% agree with that statement. I'm a pretty regular podcast listener. It's obviously one of my favorite things to do. And this morning I was listening to one that was about relationships. And obviously that doesn't mean that it's just extended to romantic. That means partnerships within work and coworkers and fellow uh, teammates, you know, that you work out with. And one, one statement that I've heard many times is hurt people hurt people, and that can be translated in so many ways. And a lot of that is people that feel uncomfortable with leaving their comfort zones will try to keep you comfortable. And um, some pretty powerful moments reevaluating the circle that you surround yourself with and the choices that you're making was the shutdown, was the government shutdown, um, 
and the pandemic and really realizing what is important to you, who who's important to you and where do your priorities lie. And one kind of meaningful moment for you was that you became an assistant department head right before the shutdown. And then you chose when you came back not to take the position and that couldn't have been easy. Um, so what helped you make that choice when you came back? And why do you feel like you probably took that job initially before the shutdown? Yeah, that um, that was a big transition recently. And I'm glad you're bringing that up. It, it was not an easy choice. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of those moments where, you know, you, you got it you got to think of what's more important in your time spent. And honestly, this pandemic was was a blessing. And I, I did actually have that time to be with my kids. And even though it was, it was nuts at times, not gonna lie. I mean, I was with them twice, like the whole day <laughs> there was, it's not like there was a daycare nearby where I could be like, here, can you just watch my kids for just six hours? Um, it, it was, it was tough, but it really did bring a blessing of time that, um, I thought was even more valuable when I came back to work. And even though I was very grateful to come back to a job, Mm -hmm. I also was grateful to, um, see a different light that I could create an opportunity with. So I'm big on opportunities. So um, kind of backpedaling on why I took the job initially as a assistant department head. Um, I took it because I, I, and I'm still to this very day, very passionate to lead people. And I, I love to teach and I love to provide information for individuals and that's that's what I did. I was a team developing development manager and I taught the trainer. So I I enjoyed providing the information that these individuals needed to succeed as a trainer. Come pandemic shutdown, I didn't necessarily feel that that was the biggest passion of mine as well though my i figured out that my biggest passion was just to help individuals see a better limelight in fitness and be healthy in their lifestyle change so i turned down the opportunity to go back as an assistant manager and i am very happy with that decision now Um, even though i kind of went back and forth it was it was one of those moments where I'm like, did I make the right decision? Is this, you know, am I am I missing the opportunity to be in leadership? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think life lessons and things that you learn in life, um, you do need to take a, a backseat sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with taking a backseat. And more or less, you're going to find that that backseat is you're creating again another opportunity to embrace what is more important in life and right now what's important for me in my season of my life is my kids Mm -hmm. and that time with my kids is much more valuable than spending time writing a a powerpoint presentation yeah 
Yeah, so it, that's really, really tough because especially for someone that's been here so long, I guess I have to kind of speak for myself, but a lot of times, like, I look at that length of time, and I'm always asking every two two or, uh, or so years, I'm like, what what's next for me? Like, how can I challenge myself? Is it another certification? Is it another, is it succession? Like, do I want to, you know, leave locations? Do I want to help manage a team in a different way? Um, so it's tough coming that to the decision of, I'm good where I'm at. This is where my energy is best spent, and I need to be smarter about how I'm balancing and uh, spending and investing my energy and where it's going, because um, that can feel a little uneasy. But um, I definitely applaud you for making that decision to just realize where your energy is best spent and invested in. Um, that's really meaningful, and I'm sure your kids will benefit by that growing up, just seeing you make those hard decisions. Um, and I'm sure some more valuable lessons that you learned were through being an athlete growing up. You were in cheer, you were in basketball, you were in track. What do you feel like you took as the most valuable lesson being an athlete growing up? Oh, man. Uh, I, I love being an athlete, and I think, I mean, I, I'm sure that you could – feel the same way too is you know you always look back at um how your athletics were in the past and what you really enjoyed and honestly you know the most valuable lessons that I learned as an athlete were was teamwork and mm-hmm. that's that's something that you 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 develop as a skill right mm-hmm. and um it's not something that is just habitually there you just you thrive off support and um kind of leading into what I do with my career and you know being a personal trainer this is I, I love my job and being able to have that same support and teamwork with the people that I work with that also love to work out and were former athletes like you have that relatability and it's it's very important so that I would say that's the biggest lesson as an athlete is just having that teamwork and support and coming from your coaches too you 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 won't get or excel anywhere unless if your coach is teaching you a specific lesson to to help you improve right right yeah I feel like they're the most influential but it's incredibly difficult coming from being an athlete all your life. I, I still very, I remember so clearly uh, growing up with Mia Hamm. I was a soccer player and thinking that being an Olympic development player was in my hands and going to play for Santa Clara, which is like where some of the best soccer players played. Um, I thought it was all within my grasp and then come to find out I got one of my my last agreements for work uh going to a d i think it was a d2 d3 school austin college in sherman texas for soccer they pulled out like two months before uh me graduating so and i had only applied to one school because i was so sure i had had the conversation with the coach i had met the team i'd stayed there and then whenever i got the the letter of denial um, even after taking, like retaking my SAT scores and getting what they wanted, it got pulled from under me. 
And it was incredibly challenging feeling like I was going into this school, I was going to this university not knowing anyone that was going to be there really, um, not having my sport that I very much claimed as my identity. I'm a soccer player. I mean, you, when you say that I am, anything after I am is an incredibly powerful statement. And so I just uh, tied yeah. who I was with that sport. So I, my parents, and that was another thing too, my parents were going through a divorce. So there was a lot of like loss of who I was and how, how I was going to shape my life moving forward. I definitely wasn't a student. That's for dang sure. I was like a pass to play athlete. Um, so, you know, fast forward, even after college or maybe even entering college, whenever people don't really play collegiately, why do you think athletes struggle after they leave college and their teams behind as they head into different careers that don't involve their sport? Yeah, that uh, I, I can feel you on that one. I, went to so I in college I was a track athlete Mm -hmm. and my my event was pole vault Mm -hmm. so with pole vault like I I, I'm I'm five five two and a half (laughs) and it's so with pole vault I I had a great great career out of it I had my one year as a track athlete but being 5'2 necessarily was not like, I'm going to be training in the Olympics, right? <laughs> so even though I was fast, I could jump, uh, I necessarily didn't have that passion drive like I did in high school. So I did come with those struggles as an athlete when, you know, I'm I'm like, you know what, this, this may not be for me, but truthfully, to be honest, I was surrounded by people that, wanted to hang out wanted to go to parties and I wanted to experience the full-on college uh, side and not be so immersed in athletics and you know I think that was a turning point too for me where you know I I don't have to be spending hours um, being an athlete even though it's still important for me to be active so I honestly think athletes struggle with when they do leave college or leave their teams behind is they necessarily may not know what to do next because they're so loaded with trying to seek motivation or trying to um, search for affirmation. And I think that's a big thing that we teach our athletics is sometimes uh, too much positive uh, affirmations that may go along with it that may not necessarily teach lessons that will help you provide for after because you can't always be seeking for that when you leave you have to actually take the persistence to work and put effort on to stay fit and healthy Um, so that's where I feel like the struggle can sometimes have for college students or afterwards in the athletics that you may not necessarily know what to do Mm -hmm. and you're searching for that Um, and I I really believe that communities like like um, our GTX and Alpha programs can Mm -hmm. provide that for 
for people yep. that are missing something that they need support in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I love coaching Alpha. And because I do get those animals in there. I get those athletes in there that yep. are like, yeah, I used to do this. And I'm like, no wonder you have that athlete mentality. This mm-hmm. is perfect for you. Let's, let's, let's hone in on that and push forward with it. Mm-hmm. Because that athlete is still in you. Um, you just have to search for a community that's going to support that. So well, that's why I love our alpha class. Right. And your programs that you surround yourself with, the programs and the people, the communities that you're building, all of that will evolve as your life evolves. Like you may still be hungry for sensations and feelings and emotions that you experienced being a young athlete. Um, but you're, you're no longer the person that you were even yesterday. So what makes you think that you would be the same person as six years ago or seven years ago? And there is this interesting post from this woman on Instagram that was talking about, um, two, two athletes. And it was talking about the evolving of what we eat, even something as simple as what we eat and how we eat and how we used to fuel our bodies. And it's no longer the same loving your body because it looks different as we age and loving Mm -hmm. the capacity of which our body is capable of that's not always going to feel like what we were capable of before and just what you touched on the affirmation like constantly seeking confirmation affirmation that we're doing a good job comes from being an athlete sometimes Um, it can come from a, a lot of different places but yeah, I mean, you have to make those connections. It makes a lot of sense to want affirmation in your job or in your partnerships or in your relationships because if you were, like, involved in sports every single day growing up, of course, that's, like, deep-rooted into your psyche that you need to know, am I doing this right or what could I be doing better? And so it can kind of feel incredibly... um defeating when you're not getting the types of affirmations you just feel a little bit questionable and um you can be hard on yourself so it makes a lot of sense when you start kind of really questioning what pieces of my identity where do they come from how much was it a you know environment exposure how much of it is genetics how much of it is you know being an athlete or not being an athlete even the ones that are not an athlete um they have you know the capacity of strength. I mean, for instance, like my mom, my mom is, Mm -hmm. um, she's early, um, she's 1952. So she was in a generation where, um, it wasn't spoken to be a woman lifting weights. And I think, was that you that I was talking about? I think that was you that I was talking about it with. Right. So like maybe let's, let's start talking a little bit about that and how interesting that was when it's, it's another completely different new generation, but that was also really common with you going into a weight room. And unless you were an athlete, you weren't really expected to be lifting as a female. Yeah, I, um, I do have an interest. I mean, we did talk about this and, um, back when I was in junior high, so it was about, seventh eighth grade I want to say it's probably more eighth grade but um females at that time in in my lifetime I also came from a really small school so like I graduated with like 76 people um but at that time being an eighth grader I I loved sports I was in I was in volleyball basketball cheerleading track you know this is where you you're trying to find 
where what sport you like. Um, but at that time, only boys were allowed to go into the weight room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can do that too. I can lift weights. I'm, I'm a pretty... I'm a pretty strong girl as well. Even though I was a scrawny little five, two and a half uh, girl, I still felt like I could lift just as heavy. So by the time I told myself is when I am able or when girls are able to lift weights, which which was around freshman year, um, I'm going to take that class. And um, it was also a requirement for any athlete to take a class, take a weightlifting class. So we weren't necessarily able to touch the barbells, but we were able to use the dumbbells by the time we were freshmen. But it was, it was a crazy time, kind of even just thinking about it now. I'm like, why, why would they put that limit on females? And why, why would it just be at an, at a certain age limit? Um, and it's just, it's crazy for me to even say that now. It's just like, there's no way that I, I would, if my daughter was like, I want to lift weights, I would be like, yes, honey, go ahead. Like, let's do it. I'm going to teach you. And, but I think putting the limit on female strength is back then thinking about it now is just like, that's just crazy. And <laughs> I, I I can even think about this is kind of a funny story too. I remember also in eighth grade, I really thought that I could play football, and I was <laughs> I told my mom I was like, Mom, I I can play football, and she's like, Anna, you're you are this five two and a half girl. I don't I don't think it's a really good idea for you to be out there in these pads and running out there playing football and you know in my mind i was just like i think all in all i really just wanted to be strong it's not necessarily maybe i wanted to play football i just wanted to prove that i am strong Mm -hmm. and um even in track and field so the reason why i got in pole vault was one i knew i had the gymnastics capability of doing it right and i'd been doing gymnastics since i was like in second grade and when pole vault wasn't even allowed for girls to compete uh until you were a sophomore in high school now think of that i'm this eighth grade girl that is capable of flipping the air but yet i can't do pole vault until i'm a sophomore in high school because it's dangerous for girls Mm -hmm. so when you think about that now it's 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 insane to put these limits on people Mm -hmm. not necessarily females but just limits on people in general yes when when you know yourself and your your best self if you want to say that you're capable of doing anything you want to do if you put your mind to it you got to put the effort you got to put the work but if you know that you can do pole vault you I'm going to do it whenever I have the chance and I'm going to prove to you that I can succeed and mm-hmm. be the best person, best athlete that you have seen. Mm-hmm. That that time in high school, I also set um, records too. So I, I set a record sophomore year for our school. I set a record for our junior year and I also set a record my senior year. Mm-hmm. So 
hints as to why I got in college for track. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I, I was proving people wrong. Like, mm -hmm. hey, females can pole vault too. Don't put a limit on me. Yeah, and that makes me, the reason why I'm laughing so much is because it's like rage against the patriarchy. I'm like, can we stop? <laughs> can we stop know, exactly. with yeah. the inequality, the limitations, the ceilings, the the division with any and all things? Like, open it up and just realize the human capacity and potential and let's just coexist because I just don't understand. I don't, yeah, we won't get on that topic too much, but it just, it really like, it frustrates me hearing that my mom, my, my mom, my, just my mom, that wasn't that long ago, didn't have the same opportunities yeah. that I got just purely because she was a female, which I just, I base that out of fear and control. That's what needed to happen is they didn't like thinking that women would have all the opportunities that men would. And honestly, that's barely because they knew that they could be better. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but some people need that type of mentorship or asking the right questions or, just the example. And so I applaud you for being the example for your children and for other people. Even people that are older than you would still benefit by having someone that is just a mentor and an example. So who do you feel like that has been a uh, meaningful mentor in your life growing up? Um, my biggest mentor, I mean my mom, she, she's a single mother. And I had a brother and a sister um, that she was raising on her own. And it was, it was a tough time. I mean, I remember my mom working three to four jobs at one, at one point. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, I now to this day, as a mother myself, I don't know how she did it. Right. Like, it, it's incredible to know the hard work and dedication that she uh, showed for all of us and the effort and she was always very supportive and then being able to provide for us to do athletics and the time that she had to spend to take us to certain um, gymnastics meets for me my sister and my brother at the time so it's it's just crazy that my mom was also able to show me strength and not just through hard work and effort, but also as a woman. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because my mom was such a very, she, she is a very kind person, but she also taught me lessons to to love myself and also be kind to yourself and and appreciate what you have in life. Uh, and it's not necessarily the, the the material things. You have you whatever you have in front of you is is what is valuable for you. And we didn't have everything. And I think I had a really great childhood and it was it was great to be taught those lessons by my mother mm -hmm. so and I I've carried it over as an adult being a strong woman and 
putting the work, putting the effort, and being persistent about it. So I got that from my mama. <laughs> she got it from a mama. That's cool. Yeah, my mom is definitely one of my best friends and has shown me timeless amounts of times just like countless amount of times that, you know, you can wear the pants, you can be the boss, you can ask for more, you can work your ass off and still get the leadership positions that you want. You just have to be loud enough and you just have to work hard enough and just be unapologetically you and powerful and it's just been the best example to um, just come into my adulthood and just just feel so empowered to be a strong woman and just be unapologetic in it. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, and also, I mean, my father, I love how he taught me by experience. Like, mm-hmm. you got to experience things. You got to try things. and Because mm-hmm. you never know unless if you try and or if you got to go out and do the things that you've always wanted to do Mm -hmm. and he he taught us by experience and that's I love having that combo of my dad and my mom it's like you what else what else can you have in life and by experiences and being a strong individual I think that's a big life lesson for anyone to to achieve Yes, yeah, I definitely would say my dad is more of my calmer influence. If you ever got to meet both of them, it's like my mom was the powerhouse and my dad was the quiet, sneaky, just so emotionally intelligent. Um, And so his influence as well has just been very impactful and very meaningful for my position just because we do have to emotionally connect um, all the time as like a almost like a therapist constantly with our clients and our classes. Um, mm-hmm. If you had to give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, well, I will say, I mean, this one's short. I will say I would <laughs> tell my younger self to be better with my with my money. <laughs> okay. Only, only because I was, um, I remember every time I would get a paycheck, it would definitely be like, oh, what outfit am I going to pick Oh yeah, to go out this weekend? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I, I wish I, and I mean, now I'm better with my money, but I wish my younger self would have been a little bit better with choices in money spending. Okay, I'm going to switch it up on you. What's one piece of advice that you would tell or ask your, your older self as if like a manifestation, if you will. Or it could just be a conversation of just reclamation of like, hey, I'm proud of blank. What do you feel like you would have? What kind of conversation would you have with your older self? Mm-hmm. That one is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would, I'm, I'm big on family. So I would tell my older self to spend all the time and experiences to be with family and holidays and take the ownership to um, to provide those holiday experiences with my family mm-hmm. our grandkids mm-hmm. uh, so that I because that's that's what I want my children to experience now but I want to be able to show that for my 
older self to continue to my old my kids when they're older. Mm -hmm. So just providing well spent with family. Yeah. And continue with it. Okay. So speaking of just moments and quotes, what's one quote that has stuck with you and you hold close to your values or morals? I, I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. <laughs> I, and the only reason why I say I'm a big Bruce Lee fan is because my husband is too. Okay. And, when we, and when we started dating, he, um, he got me into just Bruce Lee in general. That's what he watched. And we also, my middle son, Jaden, he's five. His middle name is Bruce. And oh, wow. So okay. We, so we kind of like, I, I'm, I love Bruce Lee quotes there. His philosophy and just his way of thinking is, is incredible to me. And it's just more of a perspective on life and how we should be treating ourselves. So like the one quote that always stands out is, if you always put limits on everything you do physical or anything else, it will spread into your work and life. There are no limits, there are only plateaus. You must not stay there, you must go beyond them. So that's, that, that's just always been one quote that I feel like I resonate with and carry on daily. I love that. That's like, yeah, that's definitely making me sit and think for a little while. I like that. He always with the powerful, him and like Rumi, like they're just such really powerful, articulative like poets, I feel like. Yes. Um, yeah. So Deep thinking. Yes. Um, so more on that. What do you feel like are three truths that you know to be true that you live by or that you try to teach your family? Um, strong mom. I, anyone who's close to me, I, 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 my love for them will always be deep. Mm -hmm. And then I thrive on adaptability only because I, I can, I can really change and adapt uh, to create opportunities to be better. Okay. What do you feel like has had an impact on your partnership with your husband that maybe comes from those one of one of those truths? Um my partnership with my husband, I I don't know what I would do without him, honestly. It's he has shown me so many ways to improve um, our communication and our love for each other is is what I deeply value about him and how our connection is with just family and our values for that. Um, we always we always have talked about that our values are family and friends and the way that we stay strong with that has has just always been a like a, like it just makes my heart beat like just even thinking about it because he he honestly will teach me ways to improve myself whether it's through finances or making decisions like I love coming to ask for his advice on tough situations and when you have a partner that you can confide in that it's 
it really does calm you. And he has a way of just making me feel calm and and knowing that our relationship and our family is going to be the best in for the rest of our life. It's it's just great to feel that sense of security. Mm-hmm. Security, safety, and love, and just peace yeah. within the the life that is chaos. I think that that's so important. Is picking a life partner will literally impact every ounce of the life that you're spending. So you can't take it lightly. It's incredibly challenging to find the right complement to your life and just be on the same path. But um, because I know a lot of people that, you know, myself included, that are still in that kind of dating world right now, it is tough. It's super tough to find the right partner but listening to people like you that's been in a committed relationship and has three kids and just the way that you speak about your husband it makes you want to hold out for someone that is going to be that meaningful for your life because it is worth it it impacts just everything so it's very beautiful relationship that you guys have it's really nice to hear you talk about him um now a long long time from now Obviously, we have to leave this earth eventually, and sometimes even our journeys take us away from lifetime, our kids grow up, all of the things. So what would you say that you would want your legacy to be? What would you want to be remembered for? Um, I, I want to be remembered as a kind individual as well as someone who's very strong-hearted. And that has taught individuals lessons in life that will continue as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Whether it's my family, um, people that I train, people that I work with, I want to be able to leave that legacy of just like, you know what, Anna was a very kind individual and she taught me this. Mm That's that's what I what I want to be able to leave behind. It's it's not necessarily like, oh, Anna was the best trainer. I just want to be identified as a person, a human that was that didn't have any judgments towards you, but more or less like who was kind and supported you in every single way possible. I think that's beautiful. Anna, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to leave everyone with before we sign out? Show your energy and be persistent. (laughs) If you would like to follow Anna, I'll make sure to include her social page on the details. Thank you guys so much for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, where coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human and their journey. I hope to continue to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. 
Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.